You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. I am your host, Kayla Canaram. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwartz. Guys, we are going to dive on into Wild Card Weekend, recapping what we saw We got to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, and a show it was. We now know it's going to be the Jags. Do we look at them any different now? Well, I'll say this. I Just for starters for the playoffs, I am so happy that the Chiefs didn't have to deal with any of the Super Wild Card Weekend stuff. Right. Because it seemed kind of stressful for those teams. Not for the Chiefs, who were comfortably sitting at home, not worried about whether or not Skylar Thompson and the Miami Dolphins are going to beat them. Or if you're Cincinnati, if you were going to need a 98-yard fumble return for a touchdown on the two-yard line in order to get your win. Because if that ball goes in the end zone, I think Cincinnati loses. So I'm glad to avoid that. And as far as the Jags go, yes. When the Chiefs faced them, they were 3-6. and They didn't know who they were yet. Trevor Lawrence hadn't taken off yet. They were still playing bad defense, to be honest. They still needed time under Doug Peterson to kind of rediscover or just discover, not re, who they were. Since then, they've won all but one of their games. They got their ass kicked by Detroit, but that was it. They had won the game right before Kansas City, so they had two losses in the final 10 games of the season, and those were against, you know, near playoff or playoff caliber teams. And they look better. Trevor Lawrence looks way better. The defense played a lot better down the stretch. They found a way to use ETN the best. They're using all their free agent weapons. They're definitively a better team than when the Chiefs faced them, turned the ball over three times, and still won by double digits. You can't do that again and expect it to go the same way. I take them more seriously than I did, but I still think the Chiefs are better. Yeah, I take them more seriously, and it's weird because I can look at both sides of it. I could say, well, you throw four interceptions against the Chiefs and the game is going to be over. The flip side is... I don't really expect Trevor Lawrence to throw four interceptions in a game. Like that was as bad as he can play. So that's the one thing that's a little disappointing. Trevor Lawrence had the worst game of his life in 2023, but unfortunately it was the week before he played the Chiefs. Now, so we know that there's a floor there that's pretty low, but I don't imagine he's going to do that again. And so I take them a lot more seriously. This is a different team than we saw back in week 10 and even even though that game was weird because the Chiefs really did everything they could to not put the Jaguars away. They won by 10, but I think they committed three turnovers in that game. Trevor Lawrence wasn't bad, but that was not the Trevor Lawrence that we've seen since then. Since then, we've seen them open up the vertical passing game in a way they just weren't earlier in the season. Christian Kirk, I mean, think about all the jokes we made about Christian Kirk before the season. Like, really? You're going to give this guy $20 million a year? He was a third-string slot receiver in Arizona, and he's getting the last laugh because Christian Kirk's having a career year. Evan Ingram, they got up the scrap heap from New York, 
and he's turned into like a top five tight end in the NFL, all of a sudden, they've got something working down there, right? Like kudos to Doug Peterson for massaging or pushing the right buttons and figuring out a way to bring the best out of out of Lawrence because there was a time, I mean, right around that Chiefs game, I think they were three and seven at that point. They were. Is yeah. it, we were kind of like, is this ever going to work for Trevor Lawrence? Is he ever going to be that guy? And to think now with the conversations that you'd be having about that team if you're a Jags fan, which is, hey, even if they lose to the Chiefs, the future is bright. They got the right coach. They got the right quarterback. You get a historic win in the Super Wild Card Week, and you're feeling really good. With all that being said, the Chiefs are nearly double-digit favorites for a reason because I can't really find a weakness on the Jags, but I also can't find one obvious well, competitive advantage that they have over Kansas City. They're diet Chiefs. Like, they, they really are. I know we joke about that, but that's what they are. They're like, they're the, 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 the mild version of them. They've got the diet version of Andy Reid and Doug Peterson, guy who came from his system, is very creative. Doug Peterson, that fourth and one call, great. Well, Andy's the best at that. So, okay, they got the little more creative head coach. Then you talk about playmakers. Kirk has had a good year. Zay Jones has had a good year. But even the Chiefs, like this isn't even like a Jamar Chase situation. Somehow the Chiefs have the better weapons in this regard, especially when you tie in Travis Kelsey to it. The Jags pass rush has gotten better in the second half of the season. The Chiefs pass rush has gotten better than theirs in the second half of the season. The Jags have blocked better from the offensive line since then. The Chiefs have been one of the top-ranked offensive lines during that stretch. It just feels like they're a little bit worse at everything the Chiefs do. I think that's how that number ballooned up to that figure because they're the largest favorite of the weekend. And, you know, the it's not like that's not having the other side. The Giants are taking on the number one seed. They were also just a nine-win football team, similar to that as Jacksonville. And yet one of these teams finds itself in the playoffs and the other doesn't. And so, or both of them find themselves in the spot, but one's a nine and a half point underdog. And so like, they're just, they, they scare me because of Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, which are the two things that obviously scare you out of pretty much every quarterback coach combo, especially in the playoffs. But they don't scare me really outside of that. Like Kayla, Nick, if I asked you, I said, Hey, tell me the next scariest thing. Like, we all think coaching quarterback. That's what makes a team scary. What's the thing beyond that that really scares you about Jacksonville? And maybe you say ETN. Like, what's the answer outside of that? It's not really the pass rush. It's not really ETN. So it's, you know, they don't, they don't come off as daunting that way. It's not the, like, we've joked. It's not the take them not serious at all. But I think the Chiefs are just a little bit better everywhere. Well, that was going to be my follow-up question. And I know we have two more episodes to go before this weekend. But... Do are we scared of Jacksonville in any way based on what we saw? I mean, Trevor Lawrence took a page out of Mahomes' book, throwing a handful of interceptions and still somehow pulling out a win. Um, like, like we said, they are a better team than we faced last or earlier in the season. He's got a little cutthroat to him. That that scares you with any quarterback you face, similar to Burrow, right? He threw four picks and played like ass. He could have just rode off into the sunset and called that one a loss. And instead, he led four consecutive touchdown drives to finish that game. Touchdown, 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 which they needed every single one of. So I don't like that. I don't like that he's a cutthroat. But still, I mean, overall, it just feels like too early. Like, uh, talk, to me, talk to me next year, two years. I don't know. What? And there's that stat about him never losing on a Saturday. Yeah, he is undefeated well, on a Saturday. The one thing I would, I would look at and say, that, like maybe something to keep, keep your eye on, is during this six-game 
winning streak by the Jags. They have 19 sacks, which is third in the NFL, tied with, ironically, the Chiefs. They have 19 in their last six games. They've played 18 games this year. So in their previous 12, they had 19. So in half as many games, they have the exact same amount of sacks. Their pass rush has come alive. A little interesting nugget here. I was going to save it for later in the week, but it's too late now. You know who's on the Jaguars defensive staff? A man by the name of Bob Bob Sutton. Bob Sutton. He is a senior defensive assistant. Chiefs fans may remember he was the much maligned defensive coordinator for several years under Andy Reid. So they, they, like you said, they're the diet chiefs, Cody. They follow like almost every single trend, which is that they have a pass rush that like season long was horrible. They were one of the worst teams in the NFL. And then all of a sudden, boom, they've got guys like their leading sack getter had six sacks this year. Makes no sense whatsoever, but they're young and they're talented. And I just keep going back to Doug Peterson. Like, if you had me pinpoint one thing, one thing that frightens me the most, and I'm not frightened. I think the Chiefs will win this game. But if you had to point to one thing that you'd say, what, where's, where's an edge that Philadelphia might be able to exploit? I'm not saying Doug Peterson is better than Andy Reid. I'm saying Doug Peterson is a damn good coach. And on any given Sunday, right, air quotations, like he can outcoach you. He's that good. I think he's yeah. on the short list of best coaches in the NFL. He showed that with what he was able to do in really short time in Philadelphia and what he's doing in really short time in Jacksonville. That guy is a gamer in late game situations. Two minutes to go if this game's tight. That's the guy I don't want to see on the other team's sideline. Well, Nick, I'm relieved to hear you say you think we'll beat the Jags, which brings us to our next now, you know topic. What? No, you know what? Before we even get to that next topic. <laughs> what would you like to say? What would you like to say? The floor is yours. Oh, you think here's the here's the problem, Kaylee. You seem just based off your tone, I think that you think I'm about to apologize. That's not <laughs> what you. In fact, I am requesting an apology from both of you for throwing me under the bus on social media over the week. <laughs> you guys could have said, you know what? He's our guy. We stand by him through thick and thin. But no, you guys not only threw me under the bus, but then you piled it on again after the game. And it's really making me reconsider my alliance with you two. Well, no. you're stuck with yours if you guys want to apologize to me. I'm not going to apologize. You should apologize for choosing the Chargers. You knew better. We didn't you go against our team. Charger. And Caleb. Look. team. I thought we were a team. <laughs> and you went so against too, us. And then you picked the Chargers. Listen. I said the Chiefs didn't have Super Bowl vibes. I didn't say the Chargers did. They just happened to be the team. So I think you guys should just let that one slide. I think we can officially say the Chargers did not have Super Bowl vibes. I think that's, <laughs> no, they didn't. They that's didn't. official. I actually almost texted you on the side just being like, hi, I'm just joking. I didn't want you to like. <laughs> no, it's just all, all in good fun. It's he had a, all the lights off in his house. He was just like <laughs> weeping, like yeah, under, underneath a blanket. <laughs> had I had like Backstreet Boys playing. You handled it well. Uh huh. Okay. Yes. As we are alluding to, the Chargers lost in hilarious fashion. Is this yet another sign, guys? The Chiefs will own this division forever. They blew a twenty-seven point deficit. This was shocking. I didn't see this coming. The Nick chart. definitely didn't see it coming. No. Well, I mean, I bet he felt pretty good when they were up 27 to nothing about that prediction. But they are a 
they are a joke. They are a joke franchise. Like, haha, look how funny you are. You're a massive joke to all of us. You're the butt of every joke. You're just good enough to like make playoffs or play in important games and just funny enough to be an absolute laughing stock. Because whether you had Phillip Rivers, who threw for 60,000 career passing yards, or now have Justin Herbert, who is one of the five most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. You still chargers so hard. You can't help it. You were up 27 points. The other team was plus five in turnovers. Just so you know, they, they run those things in like the analytics, right? Oh, the analytics would tell you the chargers had after winning five, nothing in the turnover battle, a 100% chance of winning it. Turns out you can't do math. That would also factor in what happens if the chargers just do their thing, which is blow a game in a way that can't even be blown. It's not like they started turning it over, Nick. They just let a team score on them every time, and they started punting and refused to run the ball. They were up 27 points and ran it six times after that. That's, like, actually hard to do. Borderline impossible, maybe. It was, honestly, it brought me great joy. Of all the things to enjoy this weekend, that was my favorite. That was my favorite moment. I really (laughs) liked it. Listen, one thing I want to actually have I'm I'm mad about is win probability charts in general. It should be extinct in all sports. Like yes. I don't need you to tell me that a team has a 99% chance of winning when they're up by 27. You know what tells me that they have a 99% chance of winning? The fact that they're up 27 to nothing. I understand math. I understand football. I get it. You don't need to tell me like, "Hey, ESPN said the game was over." Yeah, guess who else said that the game was over? Everyone! My mother! My cat told me the game was over. I don't even have (laughs) that, but that's kind of the point. Like, I knew the game was over. You shouldn't... There is never an excuse. Don't care the circumstances. Don't care the opponent. Don't care if your quarterback and your head coach both get injured on the same play and have to be carted off the field. There is no scenario in which any team should ever blow a 27... The game is over. The game is over. I don't care if the other team has Patrick, like a super team, right? Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill on the roster. You cannot and should not ever blow a lead like that. So I don't really know who to point the finger at and to, and to say like it's this person's. Everybody gets a piece of that pie, right? The, 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 the quarterback gets some blame. The coach gets some blame. The GM, the owner, the fans. Honestly, I think even the fans deserve some blame. Like if you are affiliated with the chargers in any capacity, you have to shoulder some of this because there's no excuse. And maybe more importantly, there's no coming back from that. Like you will have to wear that as a franchise forever. And maybe you were about to say this, Cody, but the chiefs can tell you that firsthand. How long did they have to wear that loss to the Colts? I mean, really until they won the Super Bowl, right? Well, and here's the thing. So, like, yeah, the Chiefs have had a playoff loss just as bad as what we saw from what the Chargers. Was that, was that so eleven? Yeah. So, so, so they can joke, right? The Chargers fan be like, "Oh, you've never done that." Here's the the big difference in this: is those losses are supposed to stop when you get the franchise quarterback. Chiefs didn't have the franchise quarterback. That Alex Smith. Then they got Patrick Mahomes, and that shit stopped. They didn't blow huge leads. Not 27-point leads. Anyone can lose a lead in a playoff game. No one's coming on this show and just yucking it up on the Chargers if they blow a 17-point lead. Sure, we'll like be like, oh, man, they had a big lead and they blew it. But they blew a 27-point lead. That's a massive lead. That's supposed to end. Staley looked 
rough coming out of that effort. By the way, all the reports are they're bringing him back. So good news, Chiefs fan. I don't think Brandon Staley's. Oh, yeah. All the reports are that they might Spanos, their owner, (laughs) you know, like the general manager, all the stuff. They're big on and Tom Telesco. They're big on not letting one guy have all the power. So they'll probably make Brandon Staley make some changes to his coaching staff. I would probably start with offensive coordinator, but they won't fire him. I think they'll pay him the $4 million he's owed. I'm going to be honest with you. This is going to be maybe a hot take. I don't think they should fire him. I think it's easy to pick on Brandon Staley for that loss specifically or for what happened in week 18 when he's or every other loss and Mike Williams gets injured. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 ways to pick on them. But if we want to make the jokes about the Chargers, right? And we do. Lord knows we want to make the jokes about Chargers. We do. We don't get to do that. And basically, in doing so, highlight the fact that this is a joke of a franchise and then also say, but you deserve better as your head coach. I'm not sure you do. You're the Chargers for a reason. Chargering is a thing for a reason. You don't exactly have the best track record of success as a franchise. So maybe you should think twice before assuming that the grass is greener and that if you fire Brandon Staley, all of a sudden, you're going to get the guy. And I know it's so easy to point to, well, what about Sean Payton, right? Well, you have to pay Sean. You have to back up the Brinks truck, right? You're going to have to pay a lot of money for Sean Payton. And even he, like, we love doing this too. Coach takes a year off and we're saying, oh, yeah, well, he's the greatest thing ever. Sean Payton's the greatest coach of all time. Do you not remember the conversations that we had annually about Sean Payton? Yeah. Where they would win 11 or 12 games every single year. They would get the one or the two seed every single year. And what did they do every single year? They flopped in the playoffs. Exactly what we are criticizing them for doing this year. So just to think that all of a sudden it's going to be Super Bowl or bust every year with Sean Payton, I think would be a little bit of revisionist history. So I get it. Like he deserves a ton of credit. That was Brandon Staley. But I don't think that that automatically means you should fire him and assume that the next coach is going to be better. Is it impressive that uh, Sean Payton didn't get labeled a quitter? Like, he straight up just been like, I'm not coaching that team. They stink. That team, they stink. And I'm not doing that. They stink. And he's been so, he's been so outward about the fact that he's now looking to get back in. Like, he was on calling, he was on Fox Sports Radio. He was on national television on Monday saying like, yep. Yeah, the, the, uh, the window for me to do interviews opens on Tuesday. And guess what? I'm taking interviews. I'm interested. Who wants to I, hire me? It's like, dude, you just retired less than a year ago. I did that, though, because that team stinks, and I didn't want to do that job anymore. And now I want to they're go, awful. I want to go to a good team now. <laughs> but he's, he does want the Chargers job, doesn't he? That's his first choice. I would assume. I mean, it's Justin Herbert. That's the job I'd want. That's he's the living best quarterback in Manhattan in Beach. Yeah, he's liking that SoCal life. Well, let me better take so a discount. Like, the, the, it's like the, to come full circle here, we may have mentioned this before, but you know, Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator for the Chargers, <laughs> was the offensive coordinator under Sean Payton in New Orleans. So if you hire Sean Payton, I would assume he's going to then have to fire his former offensive coordinator. Like, Because that's what this is all about. In coaching, we always hear this when coaches talk about uh, why they're succeeding, why they're relationships, right? It's all about relationships. You want guys you trust. You want guys you have that built-in relationship with. Uh, There is no offensive coordinator Sean Payton has a better relationship with than Joe Lombardi. But I'd imagine if you're taking that job, 
keeping him is going to be a non-starter, right? That's such a yeah. be such a weird dynamic to see how that would play out. Really quick before we move on, I was working the Kings game during this game, and half the staff at the Kings game either also work Chargers games or our former Chargers employees. So the whole night, everyone knew I was obviously very much rooting for the Jags. And even my stage manager said at the half, he goes, they're going to blow this. He goes, they're not a second half team. And sure enough, it happened. And so on headset all night, everyone was like, this is Kayla's fault. She cursed us. Thank you. Well, thank you for doing that. I didn't know you were so responsible for that loss. So we owe you. We are indebted to you, Kayla. I do what I can, guys. Oh. 